Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. Sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. I hope that you have managed to... To even say it this way, but I hope you've managed to survive the Christmas season. In-laws and family and friends and presents, children, parents, church. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll do a better job of talking about it on a podcast here this year and helping us to Try and prepare to slow down a little bit more next year. Never know what the year is going to bring anyway. I have at least found in my life, if I wait until the last minute to try and prepare for something, it usually goes very poorly. So maybe we can help each other kind of prepare throughout the year to slow down and Focus on what matters a little bit more at Christmas and hopefully throughout the entire year. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast. Thank you for the people that listen to it. Thank you for those people that continue to encourage me and this help us to be an encouragement to one another thank you for those people in our lives throughout our lives who have been an encouragement in our faith in our walk in our times of loneliness and despair and joy and happiness help us to be a light to others Show them just a little bit of your son. And help us, Lord, to be good stewards with all that you have blessed us with. Not just monetarily or financially, but physically, emotionally, with our families. Help us to use the gifts you've given us wisely. And in such a way so that others can see that you're the one that gave them to us. God, my words here, Father, please. In your son's name we pray, amen. We are going to go to something that I've had, quite a few of these I've had written down for a while. Because uh, we've been doing Thanksgiving and Christmas proclamations for the last couple months, which we do every year. My I look forward to that every year. I'm already looking forward to it next year just a little bit. I feel like that helps me to slow down some during those months and and really focus on what I ought to be focused on. But we're going to read something here, and it's pretty lengthy, so if we don't get to it all today, we will come back to it on the following podcast, 
or maybe we'll read it today and then talk about it tomorrow. We'll just kind of see how it goes and play it by ear. This is from Franklin Roosevelt, who we've been talking about quite a bit over the last month. But this is from back before World War II. This is in the 30s. This is 1935, actually. And this is his statement on the 400th anniversary of the printing of the English Bible. And I won't, I won't get too deep into this for a couple of reasons, but if you don't realize it, folks, for most of Western civilization, Christianity, the ability to read the Bible for the common man and woman was just not possible. And when it started to happen, those people helping it to happen were persecuted extremely. And if they were members of the upper class, they were branded as traitors to their own class, to their own group of people. And so when our founders, the, before our country was even a country, that was a big part of, of their recent history was the ability to, to really start to read the Bible for themselves. It was a huge deal. It was something that they were willing to trade their lives for, many of them. And so just kind of keep that in the back of your head as we go through this. October 6th, 1935, the 400th anniversary of the printing of the first English Bible is an event of great significance. It challenges the reverent attention of English-speaking peoples the world over. To that day, October 4th, 1535, when Miles Coverdale, an Augustian friar, later the bishop of Exeter, produced this book in the common vernacular. We trace not only a measurable increase in the cultural value and influence of this greatest of books, but a quickening in the widespread dissemination of those moral and spiritual precepts that have so greatly affected the progress of Christian civilization. The part that William Tyndale played in this English translation is generally acknowledged by the historian. It is also evident that there were others who made valuable contributions to the monumental undertaking. Independent of and apart from the devotion of these zealous translators, the work they did marks the beginning of one of the great epics in the history of English-speaking peoples. It would be difficult to appraise the far-reaching influence of this work and subsequent translations upon the speech, literature, moral, and religious character of our people and their institutions. It has done much to refine and enrich our language. 
To it may be traced the richest and best we have in our literature. Poetry, prose, painting, music, oratory have had in it their guide and inspiration. In it, Lincoln found the rounded euphonious phrases for his Gettysburg Address. Speaking of its place in his life, he said, In regard to this great book, I have only to say it is the best gift which God has ever given to man. One cannot study the rise and the development of the men and women who have been and continue to be the pathfinders and benefactors of our people and not recognize the outstanding place the Bible has occupied as the guide and inspiration of their thought and practice. Apart from their professed allegiance to any particular form of Christian doctrine or creedal expression of faith, they have found in it that which has shaped their course and determined their action. Look where we will, even in periods that have been marked by apostasy and doubt, still men have found here in these sacred pages that which has refreshed and encouraged them as they prosecuted their pilgrimage and sought for higher levels of thinking and living. In the formative days of the Republic, the directing influence the Bible exercised upon the fathers of the nation is conspicuously evident. To Washington, it contained the sure and certain moral precepts that constituted the basis of his action. That which proceeded from it transcended all other books, however elevating their thought. To his astute mind, moral and religious principles were the indispensable supports, indispensable supports of political prosperity, the essential pillars in civil society. Learned as Jefferson was in the best of the ancient philosophers, he turned to the Bible as the source of his higher thinking and reasoning. Speaking of the lofty teachers of the Master, he said he pushed his scrutinies into the heart of man, erected his tribunal in the region of his thoughts, and purified the waters at the fountainhead. Beyond this, he held that the Bible contained the noblest ethical system the world has ever known. His own compilation of the selected portions of this book, the Bible, in what is known as Jefferson's Bible, bear evidence to the profound reverence in which he held it. Entirely apart from these citations of the place the Bible has occupied in the thought and philosophy of the good and the great, it is the veneration in which it has been and is held by vast numbers of our people that gives it its supreme place in our literature. No matter what the accidents 
and chances of life may bring in their train, no matter what the changing habits and fashions of the world may affect. This book continues to hold its unchallenged place as the most loved, the most quoted, and the most universally read and pondered of all the volumes which our libraries contain. It has withstood assaults, it has resisted and survived the most searching microscopic examination, it has stood every test that could be applied to it, and yet it continues to hold its supreme place as the book of books. There have been periods when it has suffered stern and searching criticism, but the hottest flame has not destroyed its prevailing and persistent power. We cannot read the history and rise and development of our rise and development as a nation without reckoning with the place the Bible has occupied in shaping the advances of the Republic. Its teaching as has been wisely suggested, is plowed into the very heart of the race, where we have been truest and most consistent in obeying its precepts, we have attained the greatest measure of contentment and prosperity. Where it has been to us as the words of a book that it sealed, we have faltered in our way lost our rangefinders, and found our progress checked. It is well that we observe this anniversary of the first publishing of our English Bible. The time is prop propitious to place a fresh emphasis upon its place and worth in the economy of our life as a people as literature, as a book that contains a system of ethics, of moral and religious principles, it stands unique and alone. I commend its thoughtful and reverent reading to all our people. Its refining and elevating influence is indispensable to our most cherished hopes and ideals. Struggled with a few of those words there. I'm sure you could tell. Uh, there's a lot here. Almost every single sentence has something that we can break down and look at. Uh, and we will. Uh, that's what we'll do for the rest of this podcast and for a little bit tomorrow. Probably one of the themes uh, that I've heard or read from multiple different places while doing this podcast over the last couple of years is you hear FDR kind of allude to it as far as literature. And, and I'll probably say this a few times while we're going through it, but just one big comment. If you're, if you're looking for something folks, that's going to make you a better person character wise, morally, if you're looking for, uh, this is wholly outside of whether you believe in God, and Jesus Christ, his son, as your savior or not. Although, as always, can't recommend going that direction enough. If you are wanting to improve yourself, though, 
There is nothing better. There is no more economic use of your time and energy each day than spending a little bit of time in this book. If you're looking to improve your grasp of the English language, read it. If you're looking to improve your functioning in your profession and almost any profession, read it. If you want to be a better husband or wife, read it. If you want to be a better parent, a better child to your parents, read it. If you want to be a better member of your community, read it. I was given a Bible when I graduated. I've mentioned this a couple times on this podcast, I think. And that Bible had little introductions to each book in the Bible. And in the introduction to Proverbs, there was a commentary by a Marine or about a Marine or both. And the author noted that that this gentleman they knew was the wisest man they had ever come across in their life. And they had the opportunity to sit down and talk to them one day and said, where did you get all of this wisdom? How have you been able to apply wisdom to your life? Where did you get it? You know, what? who, who taught you all this? And the Marine replied, and I, I'd say Marine, that's a little prideful, folks. It's just because I was a Marine and I'm biased. The Marine replied, I read one book of Proverbs, which just happens to have 31 chapters in it, as a little side note there, every day, for years that turned into decades. And I started doing that, and I'm not telling you that I am the wisest person in the world, not even close. What I am telling you, though, is that I, as an individual, am exponentially wiser now than I was before I started reading Proverbs on a regular basis, and certainly wiser than I would have been at this stage in my life had I not been reading a chapter out of Proverbs far more days than not. And you have a great example. It's something very similar to this, and that is when President Washington was a young man, he wrote out uh, something like 100, 101, I can't remember right now, little lines, uh, moral guides for his life that affected his whole entire life. And when you go back and read those and look at those, and maybe we'll do that on a few podcasts at some point this year, you see that a huge chunk of them tie in to Bible verses. 
And one thing that you'll read about Washington from contemporaries when they talk about him, as recorded in some of these biographies, is that above all else, he was a just, virtuous man to a fault. He had problems, temper being one of them. But he was a moral man. And so we'll go through and look at this, but if you want to improve yourself, folks, cannot recommend anything before you read Shakespeare or Plato or Socrates or C.S. Lewis or anybody else. Read the Bible every day, just a little bit, a few minutes. You'll get something out of it, I promise. God bless y'all. God bless your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon.